This is the Tinkered Thinking Podcast. One quick announcement. Tinkered Thinking has released its first book, The Lasilius Parables, Volume 1. As many will know, a short story is released every Sunday, and this book is an illustrated collection of the first 50 stories released on the podcast. An enormous amount of effort and love went into this project in order to bring it to life. If you want to check it out, go to tinkeredthinking.com slash bookstore. Episode 874, Focal Length. This episode is a response to a post by Josh Duffney, who recently published Become Ansible. You can connect with Josh on Twitter with the handle at Josh Duffney. That's Duffney with two Fs. And you can check out his writing and work at Duffney.io. Is there anything more satisfying than a deep, intense conversation with a close friend? Perhaps, but this experience is certainly quite high on the list of peak experiences that make life worth living. The engagement feels almost automatic, as though we've been seduced. Our focus is on point. The rest of the world has fallen away, and our responses aren't forced or worried. They feel like natural and fluid reactions to the words of our company, virtuously welcomed from the ether of thought. There are two important aspects of this lovely experience that are best eliminated by questions. Where is the rest of the world during these conversations? And can we force this experience to happen? Focal length is an optical system that is usually only a concern for photographers, cinematographers, astronomers, and those who design microscopes. A simple description compares short focal length with long focal length. If the focal length is short, then we have a very wide view, like a panoramic photo. Alternatively, if the focal length is long, then our focal... Alternatively, if the focal length is long, then our focus is very narrow, like when we bring the diamond ring very close to our face in order to study its tiny details. Focal length isn't just a description of something having to do with camera lenses and pictures. It's a description of our attentional field. Just consider the difference in terms of our attention. When we look at a huge, sprawling, panoramic photo of a mountain scene that stretches across the entire wall, and a super zoomed-in close-up of, say, a hair follicle. This difference is easy to point out with language because language suffers and benefits from the same phenomenon. We need only ask, what's the specific subject of each photo? With the hair follicle, the answer is easy. The subject is a hair follicle. But with the mountain scene, what's the specific subject on display? Well, a panorama is by definition not specific. The purpose is to give us a much wider view in order to show us many things together. Another important difference between short and long focal length has to do with context. It's possible to have such a zoomed-in photo that you can't even tell what you're looking at. It lacks the wider context of a larger environment. Panoramas, on the other hand, offer the opposite. They display the context of many specific things in a wider shared context. 
That deep, intense conversation with a good friend is a natural example of long attentional focal length. Our focus is zoomed in, narrow, and delightfully so. An example of short attentional focal length would be perhaps a party or a big dinner at a restaurant where our focus has a buffet of topics and subjects to feast on. Technologies like Zoom, email, text, direct message, all of these force upon our minds a long focal length, meaning the subject of our experience is narrow, specific, and this obligates intensity. Juxtapose the effect of these technologies to something like ex the experience of that party with dozens of people or being at a beach on a sunny summer day. The attentional focal length of such experiences is much shorter. We have the freedom of a much wider perspective. We aren't forced to be on point regarding just one point. Our attention is allocated more breathing room. There is more to take in, and this expansion of material seems to free us up psychologically. Unlike a Zoom call where the only thing to focus on is the tightly framed talking head of another person. The focal length of the technology is attempting to force an intensity from us that we only occasionally come across and exercise and is perhaps something that can't or shouldn't be forced, at least not without discomfort and stress. It would be interesting to see if people found Zoom and Skype less stressful if all parties were also privy to a wider attentional experience. What would this look like in practice? Let's say you have a Zoom call with a colleague, but both of you also open up another window, which is the same live view of some remote natural setting, like a camera in Antarctica displaying waves lapping up against the icy shore. This wouldn't be a distraction because there's nothing really going on, but it would widen the attentional focal length of the situation. Both parties wouldn't feel obligated to look at each other's face 100% of the time, and in the absence of eye contact, neither would likely feel ignored because both parties know what the other would be looking at, i.e. the live feed of the natural setting. This phenomenon happens constantly and naturally in a setting where we are actually with one another. If we are sitting around a table in a restaurant and somebody looks away for a moment or two, we have no reason to worry, principally because we have the option to turn around and also look at the object of our attention. There is something fundamentally unnerving about someone else's attention being directed elsewhere in a direction and to a specific topic that is unavailable to you, especially when it is communicated by eye movement. And how exactly do we register eye movement? There's some powerful theory and thinking behind the potential reasons why we've developed or evolved sclera, that is, the white of the eye. The movement of the pupil decreases the amount of white space above or below or to the left or the right of the pupil, and this tiny piece of information in a person's face is extremely important for our tribally evolved brains. If everyone is looking in a certain direction, we can tell and we have a huge incentive to look in the same direction so that we can be on the same mental page as the rest of our tribe. Conversely, there's a very real type of automatic intensity that occurs when we can see a person's pupil is centered. 
This is easy to evoke and demonstrate. Just try looking a stranger straight in the eyes. Not only is it difficult to do, but it will most likely unnerve that person. And technologies like Zoom essentially force this experience, at least far more than is called for in a social or group setting, or even a shared setting of just two people sitting in a coffee shop or an office, which automatically offers more of a panoramic effect or shorter attentional focal length, due to the fact that it isn't constrained by the four edges of a window on a computer screen. On a regular basis, attentional focal length is something that we toggle constantly. It varies as we zoom out to take in the whole context of a situation, and then we zoom in to do some deep work. The infant stages of our communication technologies have not yet evolved to take this natural variance into consideration. Perhaps technological advancements in virtual reality will alleviate these pressures. But for the time being, an easy hack might be to send someone a link to a harmless live feed that both can enjoy. Hey, do you mind if we watch this live feed of these bald eagle chicks while we talk? Perhaps it's a silly idea. But silly often has on offer a lot less stress. And isn't that what we're looking for? This is the Tinkered Thinking Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you find the Tinkered Thinking Podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes. You can share it on social media with your friends. You can blog about it or discuss it on your own podcast. Or you can support it directly. And you can do this on the support page at tinkeredthinking.com. Both one-time support and monthly subscription support options are available. Thank you for your support of the show. It's listeners like you that make all of this possible. Any feedback or questions are always welcome, so feel free to reach out. And until tomorrow, remember to be careful about the context.